Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 commercial free minutes for patrons. Jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Today's top story continues to be new bad stuff about Hunter Biden. And the but the subtext also continues to be that the left is suppressing it. They're not addressing whether it's true or not. There's more stuff coming out. It, of course, like kind of reminds me of Pizzagate, but I feel like it's for a very different reason. And, and it folds into another top story, the Bill Barr antitrust case against Google. I'll tell you how they connect. But you tell me what because you're the only one who has the stomach for CNN. How are they handling the by Hunter? either glossing over it or are they just ignoring it completely how's it going out there most of their shows are ignoring it completely but brian stelter of reliable sources the most unreliable source on television he addressed it head on to use it as an example of a disinformation smear campaign where he talked about how let's go through how a narrative how a story is created talking about a, a fictional fantasy story not at one point during about a 15 to 20 minute segment did he actually address any of the content that was involved. They only referred to it as Russian disinformation and he had experts come on to call it stuff like this is an example of unlogic, this is how the right wing spins and creates stories and how they how they do whataboutism, this is an example of whataboutism, never at all address the content, and then they went on to compare it to what you just mentioned. You had a guest come on, and this guest was talking about how this is just like how back in 2016, the Republicans were talking about pedophilia, which became Pizzagate, which became QAnon. I mean, just these leaps of logic with no connection in between just to dismiss this story as a whole. And I, I will point out that... The pedophile thing that he's referring to, this guy on CNN on Stelter Show is referring to, was Jeffrey Epstein, which turned out to be something that everybody saw to be true. And I actually have a clip of, of Brian Stelter from 2016 shutting someone up who tries to bring up the Jeffrey Epstein thing. He dismisses it as Pizzagate fake news. So he was covering up for Jeffrey Epstein back then. I have Epstein stuff too. And like he's doing to Biden for Biden now. Today, yes. And I, I do, I just want to interject this one thing about that, about Biden, about Pizzagate, about Epstein, about Russia collusion, about all of that stuff where it has nothing to do with evidence. So I have uh, old friends that are super liberal. I don't talk to them that much, but I got a text yesterday and I was like, yeah, sure, everything's fine, whatever. Were they and, like, are you wearing your mask? Yeah. So so the question was like, it's like, oh, I feel sad. I can't see whatever, my grandkids. And I was like, why? I was like, well, you know, we're not allowed to see each other. I'm like, it's been months. It's been months. And um, it's like, well, the mom's very sensitive. And I happen to know that the mom is super, 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 super pussy hat liberal, super duper. And so I said, oh, does she know an unusually high number of people who are seriously ill? And then like I immediately text, just kidding. I know the answer to that question, you know, because of course she doesn't because nobody does. Right. I mean, yeah. whatever. So but here is the thing. Like I, I didn't mean to tweak this person and, I, and she wasn't tweaked to her credit. But but I. But you. I knew like when I wrote that. That it would not only just like fucking piss her off, but she would think I was a Trump supporter 
because it, it is amazing to me that people think I'm a Trump supporter if I'm because I'm not a you know Me Too mom. They think I'm a Trump supporter. So, so I knew like I was infuriating, or I I knew I was running the risk of infuriating this person. And, and uh, but she's a medical professional, so she was like, "Yeah, there's really no evidence to support like what's happening here." And I, I thought that was to her credit, but I really figured she would just, she, I mean, the, the fact was, it made it very clear to me that you would not have half of the people psychotically, religiously, fanatically obeying the most ridiculous rules that uh, if, the, if it weren't highly two-party politicized, to the point where The Atlantic had an article today that said the Third Amendment justifies, I said right away the Third Amendment is like the lockdown is violating the Third Amendment because they're using our homes as prisons because that's like you can't have quartering soldiers. And they said the Third Amendment actually was designed to protect people from soldiers who had smallpox so it actually its foundation its original meaning was that we have a right to be free from infection so it could actually justify the lockdowns like this is how freaking ridiculously twistedly partisan everything's getting so that there's no analytical value there's no evidentiary value no value whatsoever this is brainwashing evidence yeah and it circles right back to the hunter biden thing to epstein to everything it's it's been this way the whole time and that brings me to this conversation about censorship that i wanted to have so so to me everything that's happening with hunter biden and all that is section 230 they want to repeal section 230 which if you read the gab appeal to please not fall for it and gab was always trump's guy but they they have to call bs on this because if you take away 230 it makes it impossible for the little guy to compete because they cannot curate and censor like a publisher when they aren't editorial. They don't have editorial staff. You don't send a tweet to an editor before it gets tweeted. Like, it's just not possible. You don't send a gab to that. It's just not possible for a little guy. Whereas Google just said it's worth something like a trillion dollars. I mean, something crazy. I'd have to check that number because it boggles my mind so hard. But yeah, trillion dollars. Market value has roughly tripled to almost a trillion dollars. So when they when they look at that, they so so but what Gab said was we should address this in different ways like tort reform or antitrust. And that folds into the other big story from today. What's up, guys? With such uncertainty in the world right now, the best way to have true security is by growing your own food. And Neighbors Feed and Seed in Smyrna, Georgia, they got you covered. They offer garden supplies, vegetable plants, chicken feed, bird feed, farm supply, everything your garden or farm needs. They even host a farmer's market on Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And right now, for Propaganda Report listeners only, they're offering 10% off of all online purchases at NeighborsFeedandSeed.com. Just type in coupon code PROP, P-R-O-P, all caps, upon checkout. And if you have any questions, give them a call at 678 678- Six five three eight eight three eight. And I also want to add that Neighbors 2021 seed packs, their organic seed packs, and their cool weather seed packs are all now available online at NeighborsFeedandSeed.com. And that coupon code PROP will get you 10% off. So be sure and check that out. So the thing is, with the other top story, was that Barr filed an antitrust suit against Google. So I didn't like that Gab said that. First of all, I don't know if we need tort reform. A tort would work. If somebody actually says something 
that is stupid, reckless, untrue, whatever, and causes actual damages. And I'm not talking about libel law, defamation law. I'm just talking about tort. Tort law generally, the general principle of tort is if you do something that co- that is stupid and it causes a real problem, the person who is damaged can sue you for damages to be replaced. And then occasionally to deter that kind of behavior, they will award punitive damages. Punitive, so, like that that famous case where the person got Walker. the coffee spilt on them at yes. McDonald's, the hot coffee, yes, millions and there was of dollars. A Baker McKenzie sexual harassment case. Yeah, so they want it to be punitive, which is great because it means that you don't have to have cops and laws and legislation and everything to to um, create laws against behavior. You're not even sure if it happens. If the case arises, it's like insta law. And I like it. And it motivates people to to file those suits. And if people file those suits, they can control behavior that's genuinely adjudicated to be wrong without having to have this huge statutory system. So I I like tort. I think that's a great approach. And they mess with tort by protecting people from saying stupid things that cause actual damages. And I think it's for the famous cases. I think it was that big Baptist church that harassed a gay soldier who was dead. They went to the funeral. They started screaming at the family. They in intentionally inflicted emotional distress, but they, but the family could not recover under first amendment, but that's, that's how you limit first amendment. You don't have to have preemptive laws. Like you can't cry fire in a crowded theater. Sure. You can, as long as nobody gets hurt, as long as it doesn't hurt the guy's business, you know, like that's how you do the limitations on that. But the antitrust thing is a whole nother can of worms. That is not the right approach. I don't believe in antitrust. I think that the antitrust laws were established by big business to kind of scatter their holdings in a way that made it look like it was competitive. Makes it it's that it's like that echo chamber that we we're talking about with propaganda, where they say if if you if it looks like there are a lot of different sources, you don't recognize it as propaganda. So what you want is to have a bunch of different sources, and that actually literally is what this would create. It would bunch make of it different look authoritative like authoritative sources. Yes, and so if you have so the next so a, a bit. They're filing antitrust against Google for um, the main issue is that they make business deals with Apple to have Google be Siri's brain. Now, that's fine. I mean, there's no reason not to do that. But here's the funny thing, that the number two search engine, so they have 80% of searches. The number two search engine, Bing, is 7%. Do you know who owns Bing? Google. Microsoft. Oh. Like, it just doesn't matter. You know, it's not going to matter at all. But what really annoyed me is that the reason Microsoft got that kind of market share against DuckDuckGo or anybody else is that, according to that Quartz article, which is by a guy who knew, and I don't have never heard anyone dispute it, the NSA created Google so that the private market would pay for search engines that would help them create psychological profiles of basically every single person, as well as corral them with, quote, birds of a feather. That's in the record. And yet, the Wall Street Journal, this is a front page article in the Wall Street Journal, it, in two different places, it, it just complete. I mean, this is just this is just misrepresenting by not putting the real information out there even if these actual details are correct the impression they're giving is absolutely wrong these are two quick quotes from that it says uh google was a company formed in a garage in a san francisco suburb in 1998 google started as a simple search engine aiming to organize the world's information 
And they talk about Sergey Brin, who was in that weird Johns Hopkins program as a kid in high school. I mean, this makes it look like Google emerged as a natural monopoly in a business that has no, virtually no barriers to entry. You cannot have a monopoly, a natural monopoly, in a business that has no scarcity whatsoever. It is only when the government intervenes to give you a leg up, and then even when it comes to network effects, having an advantage, a first mover advantage, yes, gets a guy rich, but immediately the number two guys can piggyback off of those guys uh, work. And I don't even believe in copyright and patent law. You can get rich inventing stuff and then the market will just flood in and make it better with information you put out there because that's how you put, that's how you make a business. I mean, it gets a little complicated. Stefan Kinsella is a great um, resource for that. But I think that this, both the antitrust thing and the Section 230 thing, will just phase in another level of delusion about what's really going on behind the scenes in everything from propaganda to searches. It's interesting that you say that. Today, or maybe it was last night, another Project Veritas video was released, and I'm reading the article about it. I have not watched the full video yet, so the context might could change it. So watch the video. I will watch the video today. But in the video, someone who's alleged to be a program manager at Google Cloud said that the search engine monolith is playing God in the U.S. political scene, skewing results to benefit Democrats. This is according to an undercover interview that Project Veritas captured. And then when asked whether Google favors either political party, this Google employee said that the wind is blowing towards Democrats because GOP equals Trump and Trump equals GOP. Everybody hates it. Even though GOP may have good traits, no one wants to acknowledge them right now. So the wind is blowing towards Democrats, so let's skew the results towards Democrats. Hmm. And they and it points out no one wants to acknowledge that right now. Right. So like the closet vote, like the exact same thing that happened last time may happen again. That's, I started aside. hearing talk about that, actually. I've started hearing people yeah. in How Trump's campaign saying that, which makes me start to question it. Although I, from what my own experience is, and I know that we all can't touch every corner of the world or understand things outside of our, you know, what we do have intimate contact with. It seems obvious to me that there are more people who, when asked during a poll if they're going to vote for Trump or Biden, are going to not say anything if they're going to vote for Trump. Absolutely. When The more I run around town, the more I, I'm shocked that the few people in my neighborhood put up Trump things because everything else is Biden. But I have to say... So as long as there's the Electoral College, you can have just jillions and jillions and jillions of votes like in California, and it's not going to move the dial. 51% and 99% doesn't change the California because they put all their electoral votes in one bucket. Like states could could neutralize their own um, voting by splitting up those electoral. I think Maine does it that way. I can't remember. But here's just two funny little things about the voting. I realized, first of all, my daughter got her driver's permit and she got a card in the mail you are registered to vote um so when you turn 18 vote but like i don't know if she went now would she be able to vote i know that that au pair i knew was they insisted that she registered to vote when she told them she was only going to be here for a year and she was not a legal citizen and they insisted at the dmv to register her to vote and then the last thing i'll say is 
my son who has Down syndrome turned 18 this year and I realized it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was never going to have him like go into the booth, the booth to vote because I just don't think he could even figure it out. But he, uh, but if it's a mail-in vote, I could absolutely vote for him. And like old people, I could, you could absolutely vote for people who you live with who are not really paying attention. And the last thing I will say is I am totally disenfranchised in California because you can't write in. So I have to only vote for somebody on the ballot. I always write in Ron Paul. And now I'm disenfranchised. I want to vote and there is no way for me to vote for my candidate in California. Are you ready to try CBD products and see why so many people swear by everything from CBD oil to body lotion to muscle rub? TrueHempscience.com is at the ready with the highest quality products they developed over decades in the business and a lifelong pursuit of nutrition, health, and spiritual well-being. They are eager to introduce you to the CBD experience and so confident in their products, they offer a 30-day money-back guarantee and a special offer for Propaganda Report listeners. To learn more about their company, their passion, and their products, go to truehempscience.com slash prop report. That sounds like a recipe for disaster by automatically registering 16-year-olds to vote. Like, intentionally, let's, let's create a little chaos in the mess. Go ahead and register all of them. But it also goes in line with the push in California to get 16-year-olds the ability to vote. I know there's been a lot of that, especially in San Francisco, they've been talking about that. Oh, that's a good point. And I feel confident that, uh, well, I, I, I actually was tempted just to see if she could go vote. And I know that I actually think it's morally, it might actually be morally problematic to vote because you validate the system. But somehow my sense of integrity. I just, I won't let her try. And I certainly don't want to tell her that it's okay to like lie, although it is opposition research. And if Pete Townsend can do it on, you know, and they could point, very well, they could very well try and charge people who do that. I know that somebody was arrested a few years back for allegedly attempting to vote a few times that this could be some sort of setup as well. But this reminded me of a story that I saw today about AOC, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, who she makes an appearance in my latest satire video where I moderated a fake vice presidential debate. Oh, my gosh. That was so funny. And everybody loved it. I saw people's responses. I played it in my house. Really, really funny. I, I mean, if I can laugh at it for- and my husband can both laugh on it at it. I know it's like smart enough and dumb enough for like everybody. <laughs> my husband's sweet and smart, super smart, but he likes dumb stuff. I like dumb stuff. I yeah. like smart stuff. Yeah. Well, you can find that at my YouTube page, youtube.com slash Brad Binkley. AOC played last night. She did three hours of live gaming on Twitch to encourage voting. But not just to encourage voting, to encourage voting blue is what she was doing. We talked about this. on. We did an interview last night, and we talked about this. That's going to be a great interview, Eric July. Yes, it's going to be Eric early release. Early release on Friday for patrons. So look for that. And we have Legal Man on Friday for the DNB. It's going to be a great Friday. Yeah, Sorry, I, just he, he's a gamer. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a gamer. He's everything. Right, he does he's a lot of everything. Stuff. It's a very interesting conversation. But I specifically asked him about Twitch streaming because I had a friend who did a, a show on there. It was a, a 
kind of a weird improv gaming mix show that got a whole lot of viewers, like millions of viewers. And I was like, wow, this is a powerful platform for this audience. How is it going to be politicized? How is it going to be used for propaganda purposes? The very next day, we get this story about AOC spending three hours on there specifically to push get out the vote for Blue. And she ended up – this her, her stream has been seen by 4.5 million viewers, and she was engaging with some of the most popular gamers. Because on these platforms, they have – they have basically celebrity-like gamers that are influencers that millions of people watch all the time. So she's talking to these influential other gamers, and they're encouraging their broad audiences to get out the vote. And she's telling them, what'd she say? She said, of course, we are all here to vote blue. So that was the theme of the message that she's putting out to these younger crowd, Some probably many of them just getting the ability to vote, and they have this celebrity cultist-like figure playing with their influential celebrity cultist-like gamer figure pushing propaganda. Well, you were way, way ahead of that. And uh, she seems to be receding a little bit, although if we do have presence in the future, presidents in the future, I believe that she will definitely be pushed up as one of that. And what have yeah. we heard from Stacey Abrams lately? Anything? Uh, I haven't seen much she's been doing a lot of the voter suppression stuff she's been doing a lot of interviews she's on msnbc a lot cnn talking about what's going to happen after the election basically preparing her audience to revolt afterwards well one more thing about the gaming thing my whole point in that is that every where your eyes and where your attention are because right now they're not on the cable news or on the streaming services we just saw that the charlie brown halloween service is going to be on apple never after 50 years not going to be on cable anymore where your eyes and ears are is where the propagandists will infiltrate so be wary of that that's absolutely true. And that is what I was kind of thinking when we talked to Legal Man, where he had done a, an episode recently about the media. Just It's just all lies, because if it's not all lies, then you might get some truth and then the whole thing will unravel. Yeah. Um, and I, I said, I pointed out, like, I think that's true even about entertainment, like even what you're watching. I can barely watch. I watched a movie the other day, Villain. It looked so, so great. It looked really good. It was well repeated. And then um, I'm not really going to spoil, but I have to say just like this stupid propaganda message just completely ruined the ending for me. So I unrecommend that. But it's just I to the point where I can't even anything that's super popular. I'm like, I don't even believe that it's getting that many stars. I just don't want anything to do with it. Every top show that's pushed on these networks, Amazon, Netflix, whatever, has a propaganda element in it. And the good shows that are already popular, they hijack and inject propaganda messages like Boys, the television show on Amazon. The evil, the, the superheroes, it's like, what if superheroes were bad guys? So we think they're superheroes, but they're actually, some of them are kind of bad guys. That's kind of the general premise. They're going around doing make, make America safe again messages. There's immigration messages. There's overtly racist characters that are put in there. It, it is a clear clear parallel to what the most extreme accusations against Trump are just injected into this television show. And that is what well, another thing we were talking with Eric last night about yeah. is that they, for me, like I will get sucked into these great shows, Arrested Development or whatever. And then the last season, 
It'll just be the most offensive shark jumping BS, and you're so hooked on it that it takes you the whole season to stop watching it, and yeah. then it's canceled. Yeah. You know, then it's over anyway, but right. they got it in your brain, and it just frustrates me. It's not going to get, it's not going to penetrate my brain, but it's always that Algis Huxley 60% in the middle. The 20 that are easy, the 20 that are impossible. Then you got that 60% who's watching it to the end of Arrested Development and thinking, and the funny thing is, I was fine with the message in Arrested Development because it was an anti war message. Yeah, but they, that's only because Bush was a Republican and right, the war exactly. was a Republican war. Like now, I'm just disgusted. Yeah, I saw this one show. It was like eight seasons long, and it wasn't that bad with propaganda comparatively to others. Except in about season four, about halfway through, there's one episode where every single character betrays everything that they've ever done because they're vigilantes <laughs> and they kill people. Like they kill people with guns and stuff. Yeah. Entire episode is about gun control, just overtly gun control. Get the guns out of the you're, you're vigilantes. What do you mean? Yes. Get the guns out of the streets. There used to be a. There used to be an. Um, I think Jenny turned us on to it. A website that told you how to message, and it got discontinued. I'm sure it just moved underground. Now there's journalist resource, which just gives you and studies. Emails, they send you the messages. And oh emails. yeah, it's yeah. just study after study, so it doesn't actually tell you how to position it. But that old one, I don't even look at it anymore because they don't post on it anymore. But it used to, but I mean, it, it, it's almost worth hanging on to if I could find it again to see how they did tell people to message. But I, yeah. Yeah. In those emails, they tell people exactly what to say. If you sign up for some of these activist emails, they spread around those. I get the same activist email basically from Women's March as I do from Indivisible with the same messaging talking points. Yeah. This one was specifically targeting TV and movie creators. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So they were telling you like, don't, if you're going to have a gun in the scene, if you have to, if it's essential, make sure something bad happens because of the gun, you know, like something unfair happened. You know, it's just ridiculous. Uh, So that was like the villain movie. It was so good. And then just anyway, but so another thing we were talking about was how, and talk about like kind of changing the script at the end to get your message. But this is a little bit different, but it was one, one of the things we were talking about yesterday was how I was thinking that when people get so sick of the lockdown, Eric was saying, when people get so sick of it, they're going to just, they're going to not take it anymore. And that's when we'll see some action. And that really made a snap click for me because I said, wow, they are so smart. I think that they will get ahead of that. And that is what I think explains all this lockdown talk changing from Trump, from the World Health Organization, this great Barrington declaration, which I I want to like and because it's the libertarian thing. We had uh, tweets telling us like it's these guys are good. And I had dismissed it at first because nothing that gets that gets this far along this much press doesn't have a purpose. I mean, it's it's like the legal thing. It's like it's not there if it doesn't have a purpose. And I like libertarian stuff because I agree with the principles, but so many, and I'm not talking about this particular organization, but so many of the organizations, they just, they spend a lot of time talking about economic principles of liberty. And I agree with them completely, but our problem right now is not ideology. It is not, it is, it is bad faith. 
So we have people who are lying to us about what they're doing in the halls of power. And with this lockdown, I noticed it was like my eyes could not see because I really get so sick of just being knee jerk. Everything's fake. I don't believe anything. I just get so sick of it. But I did notice a few of these things in the Great Barrington Agreement because then another patron, Anna, sent, sent to me and said, hey, here's a take, another libertarian take on the Great Barrington Declaration from a website called Wrench in the Gears, where he points out the things that I was like a little apprehensive about, which include um, that it completely validates that we had a global health emergency. This one just leapt out at me that to use PCR tests, it named PCR tests specifically as the testing to help like relieve the lockdown situation and decide who gets isolated. That's very, very dangerous because not only is it completely wrong, it's totally manipulable by increasing that cycle rate. Yeah, if it's if it's done at the correct cycle range, then actually almost nobody would test positive. So if the PCR yeah, test is used and analyzed properly, then the results would be completely different across the country. And they haven't actually purified the exact genetic sequence of the entire COVID-19. So it would it is actually impossible to prove beyond a doubt with the PCR test that somebody has that. And if they're going to use that for this focused, uh, what did they call it? protection, if that leads into forced isolation, because they're building literally concentration camps to concentrate a subsection of the Plus population. Plus rapid this tests is, are being deployed as well. Combine that, then you can rapidly Yeah, so you know, this is a, off. a compromise that you could be desperate for, and it seems so good, like lift the lockdown, but if they can actually decide who they're going to isolate with these PCR tests, which they can manipulate... Uh, and so they, so this wrench in the gears is saying focus protection is a weird phrase that might mean a lot more than you see. And then it also absolutely promotes childhood vaccination. So it also enables you to target people by just analyzing the test at a higher threshold rate. So if you want somebody to not test positive, to not be quarantined, then you give them the, the proper one because it makes them less likely. But if there's some a group of people that you do want to find positive testing, then you could say, all right, let's give let's bump the threshold cycles up a little bit and then take them in. That's why, even though I know the extremely high rate of false positives, my daughter needed a minor procedure at an outpatient place. And three days prior, they give you a test and then they make you go quarantine. And they, my husband and my daughter are like, oh, I wonder if she'll, you know, test positive. They'll have to delay this. They're not, they're not delaying that. They're not delaying that. They're, it's going to come back negative. They're like, how, how do you know? I said, because they'll just cycle it at the prescribed level and she's not going to, or, or maybe they undercycle it. I don't know, but I have a strong suspicion that they can control it. And the first her first appointment was actually canceled because someone who worked in the building tested positive. And I thought that a lot of people work in that building and I've never heard of it closed before. So that's how hard it is to get a positive their way. She was negative that time. And then she had to do it again and she was negative again. Now it could have been just a uh, random luck, but it, but for me, I predict it. So, you know, isn't that the beginning of the scientific method? If your hypothesis predicts the outcome. I think so, yeah. Uh, I wanted to... Oh, go ahead. I just want to tell no. you happy pronoun day. It's it's pronouns pronouns day. Hashtag pronouns day. I, I, my pronoun is it. 
Minus G. G. Yeah, this is how. This you is, can call me Gigi. This is the new introduction. We're going to see more and more of this in the activist <laughs> My trainings. pronoun is it. In the, in the activist trainings, the people introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Cynthia. I'm organizing North Dakota, and my pronoun is she. And the little, yeah, totally. the little screen capture with her name, it has pronoun next to it. So I expect to see more and more. In yeah, this. that's true. Out here, your pronoun is negative. You go into a building and they ask you all these COVID questions to the point where they don't have to ask me the questions anymore. I just go, um, you know, I walk up to them as they point their temp gun, their thermometer gun at my head. Yeah, that is and That's what they do. They fucking put the point. Oops, sorry. Darn, put the thing on your head. And uh, anyway, you say, and I just am like, I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't, I never tested. I don't know. Don't live with anybody tested positive. You know what I said the other day, I I took my mom to an appointment and we walked in and they did the test thing or they did the flu thing. By the way, if you point that at a dog, they're like, get that gun out of my face. Yeah, yeah, right. But they, he asked me these questions and you, you, you start to react normally, but then you're like, okay, I got to be careful how I answer. So they don't wrap. So, you know, take me in. And he said, have you been out of the country lately? I said, no, not since. Since that trip to Wuhan a few weeks ago, I haven't been to the country. <laughs> you at all. joked? Yeah. You can't joke. Well, and he and he stopped for a second, and then he laughed, and he goes, "It's a good thing I'm okay with that." And I was like, "Yeah, that's I, right. I, yeah, yeah, yeah." Because you can't joke in the airport, and I always tell my kids, "Like, don't complain, don't joke." I'm sorry. I mean, I know trying to live free in an unfree world maybe feel like very compromising, but I am not there. I'm not changing the airport rules. By allowing my kids to joke about them. But I have a couple of great things for the patron 15, I got to tell you. They are still after Travis Kalanick, poor guy. And uh, and Leon Black has hired a law firm to exonerate him, maybe? I don't know. It's Epstein stuff, anyway. Oh, and, oh my exciting. gosh, they're the guys who own WSB. I keep forgetting that. Yes, that there are some <laughs> uncomfortable connections I'm there. I'm telling for you, sure. our Epstein... Coverage was a comorbidity of the Monica. You know what? We're free to research that and talk about that now, aren't we? I know. What a fool. Out of just etiquette, I never would have talked about something that the guy who pays the bills, I just had etiquette. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that we post every time we post a DMB, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron. We will talk to you guys later. Have a fantastic rest of your day.